What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. You. Thanks so much for listening to the show. This podcast is sponsored by Made to Move Physical Therapy, and we believe that movement is medicine. If you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love, and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals, then go to madetomovept.com slash contact us. That two is the number two. Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. We are talking all things nutrition and body image today. I'm Hannah, and I'm your host of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. And on this episode, I'm talking with Haley Gearsall, owner of Strong as Hail, which is a nutrition coaching business for women centered around the goal of reversing the damage of restrictive dieting and helping women look, feel, and perform their best. So a lot of these myths or harmful beliefs about body image and nutrition that we have in society are actually just passed down through generations and friends. So we talk about how to rewrite those beliefs, why those beliefs are harmful, and what we need to be passing on instead. Haley shares her personal story of dealing with disordered eating. She tells us her take on macros, and we talk about the fear of food and the real reason that people want to lose weight. We also dive into where confidence actually comes from. You will definitely learn from and enjoy this one. Thanks for listening. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am really excited today to be talking with the one and only Haley Gearsall, owner of Strong as Hail, a nutrition coaching business for women. Welcome, Haley. Hi. Did I say the last name right? You got it. Gearsall. 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 <laughs> it's kind of fun to say. It is. Yeah. It's very. It's hard to spell in cursive. I still have not gotten it right. The signature, I can't oh. do it. The and Z. You just like write a bunch of scribbles. I just put a G right? in a line. Yeah, exactly. I can't do it. And that's you. You're still getting used to it. It's I know. Less than a year. It has been. And like, I had Haley Jones. So pretty. It was so yeah. beautiful. And that Z just messed everything up. Yeah. At least your business name was based off your first name. Yes. That was smart. It wasn't yes. strong as your soul. I know. That yeah. so confusing strong for everyone. Hale. Yes. So, Haley, can you tell me a little bit more about what you do and what Strong as Hail is all about? Yeah. So, Strong as Hail is a female nutrition coaching business, specifically and most geared towards women who are wanting to basically reverse the damage that they've done through restrictive dieting. So we go from restrictive dieting to reversing back up to maintenance or above to get our body in a state where it likes to do all of the things that we want our body to give us, right? 
So I tell clients that come to me that this is more about giving your body everything it needs so that you can get what it wants rather than taking everything away. So really trying to reverse that fear mindset around food and support women and make women feel like they are empowered and capable to making their own food decisions. So it's like getting rid of diet culture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like completely changing the game. Absolutely. 100%. Why is restrictive dieting like why is it so prevalent why are we having to reverse it (laughs) yeah yeah i mean this goes back to as soon as social socialization really came from a mainstream standpoint magazines scene Mm -hmm. models victoria's secret became a thing ever since that time period i feel like women have always had to be small in society Mm -hmm. and that's something that has just been around for a long time and so these things and I talk about this with clients as well it's like think back to the first experience you have with dieting it's probably your mom watching your mom do some sort of shake or some sort of pill Mm -hmm. pill or my in my case it was Brazilian butt lift I watched my mom do Brazilian butt lift DVDs oh wow yeah they're like workout DVDs where they tell you that you have achieved the dream butt when you can stick a pencil under your butt cheek and it doesn't move yeah wait I know I know. Like, like, makes no sense. I mean, that's that would be amazing. <laughs> I know. It makes no sense. I'm like, actually, your boat would have to get bigger for that door. Exactly. But it came with, you like... You would your... need, like, enough cheek to, like, cover the pencil. Exactly. This Ex- is like a... Okay. Exactly. Right. So that was, like, my first exposure to dieting, and it comes from our just lineage. We see it, and we yeah. pass it on to our daughters, and then they see it, and they pass it on to their daughters, and it's just become a part of us, that restrictive dieting mindset. Like, the first thing that you probably can ask any young girl about food is, is that they should, and they'll say they should eat less, because it's just a part of what we have grown up knowing. So, that is my biggest battle, is yeah. trying to undo that, and trying to help women see that those messages that you learned at a young age, they're not yours. They're your moms. They're their moms. They're your grand, great, great grandmothers. They're not your beliefs. They've just been passed down to you. And so how do we rewrite those beliefs? How do we restruct these beliefs into more positive messages that support us rather than take away from what we're trying to do? Yeah, because it's not even that they're inaccurate. It's that they're harmful. Yes. Right? Absolutely. I remember I went through a... This is so dumb, too. Looking back on it now, like... As a child and, like, as a, a adolescent female, I remember I went an entire week not eating because I thought... What? Yeah, I, I have a very complex history with eating disorders. And because I thought... A girl in my school told me that I was overweight. And I was never overweight. I was just husky. Like, I wasn't... You were naturally small. a thin girl. Yeah, I I grew up on a farm. I always I didn't know that. Yes, that's I, great. Exactly. <laughs> so I was always like pushing hay bales, carrying chicken feed bags. So I was always really buff in Sugar Tit, South Carolina. Sugar Tit? Yes. Swear to God. What? <laughs> I, I didn't even know that was a real thing. It's a really small, small town right in between Greenville, Spartanburg. That's amazing. Yes. Of course it is. Yeah. So it just got enveloped by Spartanburg or Greer, so now they don't call it that they anymore. They don't call it Sugar Tit? They still have a moonshinery that's yeah. on a big billboard off of 85. Okay. All right. You know, naturally. You're a farm girl. Yeah. So I grew up on a farm, so I was always really husky, and so I was told I was fat, and so I was like, well, then I'm not going to eat for a week because oh, I'm fat. Wow. How'd that go? Um, well, 
not good. Yeah. <laughs> Did not feel good after that. I told, I tried to convince myself that I could be a plant and that I could photosynthesize, so I just laid in the sun all day. What? I know. Yeah. Really complex. How old were you? Probably like 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah, really, really dumb, honestly. But I mean, like, that's how harmful it is. You hear one bad thing and it's like, it just ruins your psyche. It ruins your entire perspective. And so then it starts that rabbit hole of eating mm-hmm. disorders and... It can go that way. It cannot go that way for some. But I feel like every woman at some point in their life has had an experience with some type of disordered eating, no matter what. It may be Mm -hmm. like just extreme calorie restriction, not eating at all, bulimia, orthorexia, anything of that nature. Mm -hmm. So it's just, yeah. There's like this big fear of food. Yeah. Like food is the enemy. Yeah. Well, you associate food with getting fat and being fat is the enemy. So it's mm. like by the transit of property, food is the issue when it goes much, much deeper than that. Yeah, like you hear those girls say like, oh, well, I don't want to get fat. Like, wow, that's a slippery slope. Yeah, there's so many things that go into that. And like, what is even being fat? Like, let's be honest, there's yeah. no real definition of it. I mean, we have the BMI scale, but the BMI scale tells me I'm fat even now. Yes. So it's not really. So what is being fat? Like, I think we could go back and kind of create a solid definition of that. So that way we can kind of get away from this fear of it. Right. I like to me fat or being fat is obesity, like to the point where quality of life is now decreasing, right, from a certain amount of body fat. Yeah. Um, but A medical issue. Yeah, a medical issue that leads to a chronological medical thing, you know, like diabetes. It takes years yes. also. Yes. Yeah. It's not just something that, like, you Powder gain a pound and you're yeah. now fat. Like, that's not what it is. Yeah. It's especially, like, it's, it's not even, it's normally, like, the women or, like, the girls that are really, really small. Yeah. Who are like, oh, well, I don't want to get fat. Like, oh, I don't want to eat that because I'm trying yeah. not to get fat. Or like, oh, I have to work out this week. Otherwise, I will get fat. And I'm like, this is such a, it, it's just such a slippery slope. And it's also just like, it's very inaccurate. It's very harmful. And then there's so many things that they're not doing because they're afraid of not being really, really, really tiny. Yes. And like, why are we trying to make ourselves the smallest thing that we could absolutely be? Yes. Absolutely. So how did all of this come about? How did you get started? How was Strong as Hail created? Yeah. Give me the backstory. That kind of goes back to my fitness journey in general. Um, in seventh grade, I tried out for the track team of my school, and I could not run around the track one time. And I was so colossally embarrassed. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, I was a farm girl. I could pick things up. I could yeah. put them down. But I was never asked to run a mile yeah like that's not something you need to do um so <laughs> I couldn't run the mile why did you choose track then I don't know did you, like shot put <laughs> I just thought it would be fun yeah and I saw a billboard about the tryouts and I was like oh. I'm gonna put myself out there right and try something yeah, yeah. um and so couldn't do it and so after that I decided I mean, and I also wanted to lose weight. That was part of why I joined Mm. track as well. Like, I had gotten a little bit overweight, (laughs) and by a little bit, I mean I was 150 pounds and, like, 4'8". Like, it was not good. Um, And that came from eating full boxes of Lucky Charms at a time and just 
Yeah. You know, normal kid stuff, kid, stupid kid stuff that you do. Mm. Um, and so I did it to lose weight. And so after I didn't make the track team, I was like, okay, well, something's got to give. And so I really drastically cut my calories. Mm. I cut them down to 1,200 a day. And that's then, what you were told. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's what, you know, betterhealthandwellness.com oh says God. to do. Like special K. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and then I started running every day. And so mm. I got to the point where I ran a 5K every day. And I basically, like, I dug myself into the ground, really. Like, I just, I got really small, really fast, really unhealthy. Like, pictures look great, sure, but there's just a whole story there that, like, nobody sees from a picture. Like, I had stress fractures in my That's feet just about every about. other yeah. every other six weeks. Yeah. Um, was constantly injured, felt horrible all the time. And even being my smallest, I got down to, like, 115 pounds, like, in the course of six months from 150, Oof. which was a very drastic drop-off. And even then, like, my... My confidence never changed. Yeah. Right? So I thought that if I got smaller, I would be more confident. Things would change. And they didn't. And so after that, I kind of... My mom introduced me to CrossFit. Mom, I yes. Know. she Love made that. I know. She was a 5 a.m. regular. And so That's she great. made me get up with her and go to CrossFit with her one day. Where? At CrossFit start? OSC in okay. Spartanburg. Still there. Shout out to Rigo. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and after I tried that first class, I was just hooked because I, like, watched all these women, like, throwing around mm-hmm. weights. They were incredible, and they were jacked while doing it. Like, they mm-hmm. weren't... Like, like, they didn't look like they were falling apart. They yeah. looked healthy, and they looked confident and I was like that is what I want and so kept doing CrossFit for a good little bit got into college didn't do it my freshman year um because I did marching band instead what did you play I played piccolo in the USC band yes no way yes I'm learning so much about you I did not know that (laughs) yes I was a flute player since fifth grade a flautist a a flutist a flautist (laughs) Is a French what? word that's not really real, but it's fine. It's fine. Oh my god, that is flautist. It's so much more fun to say. It is so much more. It's because flauta in French is flauta, and so people say flautist, but it's okay. technically a flutist. First but... myth already debunked. <gasps> I know that's like one of our already triggered. <laughs> I know every like some of my friends they know that it bothers me, yeah. and they'll be like they'll say flautist just for fun, and I'm just like over there twitching god. in the corner, <laughs> <laughs> like it's okay, don't explode, it's okay. Um, but yeah, play piccolo. Um, and by doing that, I was at the mercy of food plan, that kind of thing. So I did see a good bit of weight gain my freshman year, not the freshman 15 because I still stayed active, but I went to like strong and like marching band practice was a lot. Um, but I did see a little bit of weight gain and of course that just freaked me out. I was like, oh my God, I've failed myself. I, cause I didn't want to be another freshman 15 statistic. Like that was my biggest thing going into college. Yeah. That was my biggest fear. Um, and so went back to CrossFit sophomore year, decided I didn't want to do marching band anymore. And I was doing really well. And I was like, there was this, I was doing well, but there was this disconnect. Like I was doing well for like myself, but seeing all these other women around me who were like throwing around, like snatching over a hundred pounds where I was stuck at like 75 pounds, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. 
And I had been doing it for almost a year at that point, like consistently, and nothing was changing. So I was like, well, what gives? Mm -hmm. And it was the fact that I was still eating like I was trying to be small, right? And so I, we took the deep dive, like we hired a nutrition coach, Mm -hmm. we started listening to every Chasing Excellence podcast mm. that there was, like, really just dove in on... Is that like, Ben Bergeron? Yeah. Okay. Really okay. dove in on, like, the whole mindset and nutrition behind CrossFit to, like, yeah. succeed and excel. And so I realized through that time, I was like, wow, like, there are lots of other people who are struggling with this mm-hmm. just like I am, who come into CrossFit, they want and they see all these women who are really awesome... And they want to be good at it, Mm -hmm. but there's just that disconnect. It's like, I come to the gym every day. I'm doing the extra work on the side. I'm still not getting better. And I'm still not getting better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's when I finally, I moved to Carolina CrossFit to start training there. That's when I saw Christian Mathis in all of her glory. (laughs) My first, like, fitness crush. Like, seriously, (laughs) swear to God. What year, what year was this? Was this like 2018? Okay. This was like our after college. Yes. Going to regionals. Yes. Exactly. So I saw her and Rachel Thibodeau and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I want to be like them. Yeah. And so Rachel Tibbs was actually my very first nutrition coach. Oh. She helped me kind of figure out the whole eating to like excel versus trying to eat to be small. Yeah. And... After she left, I then did started doing coaching with Christian, and Christian gave me even more calories, and I got my leanest and strongest that I've ever been, and I was just, like, blown away, and I was like, like what happening? is this? Yeah. And so that's when I decided to get my nutrition cert, mm-hmm. and I was like, I need to learn more about this because this is exactly what I want to help other people do. Mm-hmm. And so that's how Strongest Hill came about, is after Christian left to go to Louisiana, all these girls in the gym were starting to come to me and they were asking me like, what had I done? Like what had changed to go from like, I still have videos of me not even being able to, or like failing on 105 pound snatch over and over and over again. And then going into literally eight months after that, which I had hired a new coach and started doing like really being strict with myself on nutrition. Mm -hmm. Um, so I went from like a 105 pound snatch to like 145 pound snatch in like Dang. eight months. Yeah. And so all of these things, like I got, like my progress just shot up exponentially. Mm-hmm. And so all these girls were coming up to me and asking me like, what did I do? Like, can I help them do it? And I was like, I think I can help you do it. Like, cause you're the exact same as I was, you're under eating, you're overtraining, mm-hmm. and if we can create a middle ground or get your eating up to your nutri- or your your eating up to your mm-hmm. training level, you'll see the same thing happen. Mm-hmm. And so I started helping women just like kind of on the side and like I was like, yeah, you're like doing really good and they started yeah. like excelling and like taking off. And so then that was when I was like, this is like what I want to do. This yeah. is it. Like, all I want to do is help women see that they can take care of their body and get the exact same results or even better results than taking away from their body. So that is how this whole thing came about and kind of came into fruition. And it didn't become, like, an official business. I was basically just doing it on the side for the longest time um, until I graduated. And I was coaching, like, 15 women at the time. 
And that's a lot. Yeah, it's it like was a full time schedule. I know, yeah. and I was just kind of like something I was doing on the side, just yeah. helping like fifteen girls who had asked me for help. And my boss at the time at Vertex, Brandon, the, Brandon, he was like, that. "You should make a business out of this." Yeah. And I was like, "No, like I can't. Like I, I'm not good enough to make it a business yeah. kind of thing." And he was like, "No, you're helping a ton of people. Like you should make yeah, this a business you help even more." Yeah, and so. I was like, all right. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll do it. So I full sent it and I did it. And so Strong yeah. as Hail like officially became like an official business in 2020. That's awesome. Yeah. Right during COVID. I know. But I mean like more time than ever because everyone's lives changed drastically. So fast. You're still remote. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Like Brandon had a, a big role in like both of our lives. You know, he's great. <laughs> Shout out to Brandon. Shout, Shout out to, out to BB. I think it's really interesting, like, and it's one of the reasons I really love CrossFit is, like, I, to be honest, like, I started CrossFit because, one, I kind of like to lift, I liked cardio, but I really just wanted to, like, work out to look good, mm-hmm. and I really just wanted a bigger butt, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I played sports, um, and I kind of was missing that, like, yeah. feeling you get from that kind of workout, but there's a flip that gets switched when you start exercise to look good or like be small and then the goal changes to wait no I want to be good at this yeah it's like no actually I want to perform in the gym not use the gym only to look good in you know a swimsuit it's like well I want to be able to snatch that I want to be able to do this so then I, I see a lot of girls starting to also get to that same barrier of like I go all the time I'm crushing myself I'm doing this extra work because that's the first thing we do. We're like, well, I'll just do more. We'll do more. I'll just practice more. Yeah. So I practice more. I do more. But I'm not getting any better. I'm kind of getting worse. Yes. I don't feel good. I'm not enjoying it. And then God bless whoever it is that tells them like, oh, you need to look at your nutrition. You need to eat more. And then it's like, boom. And like the trajectory of that woman is just drastically yes. changed. It's like they never look back. Yeah. It's all about like. Well, I want to perform. I want to feel strong. I want to be mm-hmm. confident. I don't need to look small anymore. Yes. And like, that's why I always, I always preach CrossFit. Um, obviously I'm super biased, but it gets, just causes that switch in a lot of women that I know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just go from being obsessed with what you see in the mirror mm-hmm. to obsessed with being your absolute best. Like, yeah. what is my best? We don't know. We yeah. still don't know. Like, None of us have really tapped into our greatest potential. Even Tia Toomey gets better every single year. Yeah. You know? So, like, Mm -hmm. you just become obsessed with what can I do? And it's it's so addicting. And it's so much more of a positive mindset to be in. Like, Mm -hmm. how can I push that needle even further? Like, I can be better in every way. Exactly. And there's no shortage of ways that you can be better. And so there's always something to be working towards. So it's just, it's so addictive. And I... Yeah. Even, like, my six-month hiatus, I was like, I just want to do CrossFit again. Yeah. And, like, we're still obsessed with something. Yeah. It's just a healthier thing to be obsessed yeah. with. Yeah, rather than being obsessed with your Looking scale small. on the weight or yeah. your weight on the scale, it's... It's not the weight on the bar. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. It's still... There was a time period for me, I don't know if it was the same thing for you, where, like, that also got toxic, where, like, I was pushing myself I was eating a ton like I was super focused on my nutrition and my performance to the point where like if I didn't perform the way that I wanted to 
or compared to this girl, like, I wasn't good enough. Yes. So, like, it's still... I had to, like, hit that wall, too. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's an experience that everyone has to go through, especially if you do want to be even, like, competitive from a local level or just within Mm -hmm. your box. Um, Like, you do go through that phase where you compare yourself to everyone Mm -hmm. else, but then you also kind of, basically, you get your pride smushed a little bit, and you're like, wait, my my best is not her best and her best is not my best. We're always going to be different no matter if we train the same, ate the same, whatever. Um, So you kind of have to have that little like pride check moment that I need to stay in my lane and keep going my path. Exactly. Because that's the only way that I'll ever potentially get to her level, right? Like she didn't start out at this level, which is something that I had to have a real gut check with Mm. because I was looking at like Rachel and Christian when I was maybe like a month or a year and a half in. Oh wow. Yeah. And I was like, well, why am I not there yet? And then I had to realize, wait, these women have been doing this for compared to my time so much longer. And that's the same with any gym. There's always going to be that person who has been there longer. There's always going to be that person who takes it more seriously yeah, than you do. Than you. Yeah, or yeah. is just better. And so the only thing that you can do is focus on yourself, focus on what you're doing, and make corrections there. Like, yeah. it's no longer... It's, about, it's really about learning to let go of what you cannot control. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it comes down to yeah. more than anything. It's like, I cannot control them. I can't do anything about them. I can only control what I'm doing. So if I want to get to that level, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can in my power to get there rather than just being like, well, it's not fair. Yeah. Like use it as more inspiration yeah. rather than like self deprecation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think everyone goes through it at some point for sure. Oh um, Everyone goes through it, but it's like once you go through it, you get to learn that valuable lesson, which you have to learn. And there's like you can be told that all the time and being told that you need to stay in your lane is much more different than actually figuring it out for yourself. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. You just have to experience it. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think, um, like you said, like everyone kind of goes through that and it's like you have to remember that just because she did this weight doesn't take away from you doing that. Oh, absolutely. Instead of, oh, I hope she doesn't do that much because I want to beat her. Like, no, why does her success take away from your success? Exactly. And like, that was a big switch. Cause it was like, oh, it wasn't, it's not fair. Like I've been working so hard, but like the other people are allowed to work hard too. Yeah. But either way, like it, it gets to the point where you're either fighting to compare yourself to someone to be small. So then you hate your life. Or you're trying to compare yourself to someone who's fitter than you or better than you or just doing something different than you. And then it just sucks the enjoyment out of it. Yeah. It's like, well, why are we doing this? Good old self-sabotaging patterns. Yeah. (laughs) For real. I mean, it's like if you're not going to do it to yourself, towards yourself, you will find that outlet. And so we have to get down to, and this is something I work with with my clients a lot, it's why. Why do we Mm self-sabotage? Like, what is it? And it just goes back to those things that we've experienced in those very developmental years, right? So if, I don't know, what's a good example? I see my mom looking at herself in the mirror always having to be smaller as I'm growing up. That is now subconsciously rooted into my brain as I'm growing up. Mm -hmm. So, like, I will do the same thing. I'll look in the mirror and always want to be smaller. And so knowing and having that knowledge 
now we can rewrite the script, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a constant battle. It's never going to be perfect. But every single day, I'm having to rewrite my brain that the mirror does not matter. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the scale. That's why yeah. a lot of women get attached to the scales because they see the scale being a prominent indicator as they're growing up through their developmental mm-hmm. years. Yeah, like every bathroom has a scale. Every bathroom has a scale. Like why? Walk into a gym, there's a scale on the we bathroom floor. We weigh ourselves every day. I know. And so yeah. it's like we have to rewrite those things and we have to rewrite those subconscious self-sabotaging patterns and this is really woo-woo if you want to like call it that no I don't think it's woo-woo at all it's so true like yeah it's like breaking I mean you're changing beliefs and like a lot of our beliefs whether we know it or not are based on our experiences whether we remember them or not it's just Mm -hmm. like based on how we have perceived life it's the same thing like when we talk about you know people rounding their back or blah 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 any movement that is perceived as bad those stories are passed down from generations of, oh, don't lift with your back, lift with your legs, or, oh, that's bad for you. And it's like, where did this come from? It's all just a story. Yeah. And you have to really rewrite it or, like, have a client who whose mom had, like, rotator cuff tears. So she's really nervous about her shoulders. But, like, it's not genetic. The, yeah. the beliefs and the practices and the experiences are shared genetically yes. but it, you have to change a lot of your beliefs to be able to change your behaviors it's, and it's really hard when you don't even know that the beliefs you have are the ones that are harming you yes like I'm sure you get a lot of people that still come to you and they're like well I want to lose weight and like how do you decide this is a big conversation I want to get into like I think there's a big there's a Knowing that we're on both, like, we're kind of in a fitness bubble. Mm-hmm. Now there's almost a, like, stigma to helping someone lose weight. Yes. It's quite like, obnoxious. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, you're looked down upon on social media if you are praising someone for losing weight. But, like, at what point are we allowed to help someone lose weight? Yeah. Because it's like the, the pendulum just totally swung from, yeah. like... Oh, everyone should lose weight to like, how dare you tell someone that they should lose weight? Yeah. And you know, everyone loves to get really spicy on social media. What's your experience with that? Mm, That's a good one. That's a really good one. I think that we have to accept that every single person has individual goals and we cannot change those goals necessarily. Like if someone comes to me, like my, the girl I just told you about who was, five seven 135 pounds and her most important thing is being lean i'm like well you're five seven you're 135 pounds you're very low on your like weight to yeah. height ratio um so i don't think getting leaner is necessarily the right move for you but what i think she really wants and this is a conversation that we need to kind of start having more and more of is it that you want to lose weight Or do you want to look a certain way? Yeah, exactly. And so a lot of people perceive weight loss with that, quote, Mm -hmm. ideal body. And so now the conversation is starting to come up more in the social media space, which I'm really appreciative of. But the fact of the matter is if you want to look like a very toned individual, there has to be muscle mass there. Mm -hmm. You can lose as much weight as you want, but if there's no muscle mass there, you're just going to look like skin and bones. Mm. But that's what they think they need to do Mm -hmm. to get to that body. Yeah. 
And so I have to have that conversation. And I'm like, is it really weight that's important to you? Like if you were to step on the scale today and it were to say that you were 10 pounds lighter, is that what's going to make you happier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is it going to be in a photo of yourself or looking in the mirror at yourself that you're like, heck yeah, I can see my yeah. biceps or I have a thigh muscle that I can see now. Like yeah. what is it that you really want? Mm-hmm. Because one is not the other. In yeah. fact, the scale's probably going to go up to get that ideal body. And that's something that a lot of women don't understand is that to get that ideal physique that they really are wanting, mm-hmm. you do have to have a base level of muscle or you have to gain muscle. Mm-hmm. It's not going to come from losing weight. Like yeah. you can lose all the weight in the world, but if you don't have that certain level of muscle tone already there, you're just going to get <laughs> and not the best terms, skin and bones, right? Yeah. You're just going to get bonier. You're going to get more angular. You're not going to have that filled out, healthy, like see some sort of ab definition type of body that you are thinking is what looks like or weighs like that. And so that's that conversation that I have to have a lot of is that ideal body does not weigh what you think it is. Mm -hmm. Like it's not weight that you care about. It's how you look. And then by by um what's the word i'm looking but like on the same note it's how you feel because you Mm -hmm. associate that look with feeling confident with being happy with being happy exactly so we have to kind of break down these layers of these goals yeah and so when you praise someone for losing weight online like i just did it today i have a client who started at 580 pounds and he got down to 496 yeah he's incredible And I'm going to praise that weight loss because that's, we have gone into the opposite direction, which is what you don't see. You don't see that with their weight. That is the health. Exactly. You're Mm -hmm. right. That is, you may not have more than 40 years to live if you do not get some of this off. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. And so for him, I'm going to celebrate that weight loss Mm -hmm. because he's worked so hard for that. But for another client, have one who is literally obsessed with the idea of weight loss. Um, and so when I give her praise on social media because she follows me, she sees it, it's never about the weight loss because yeah. I'm not going to keep ingraining that and basically yeah. like, what is the word I'm looking for? I'm not going to keep validating that for yeah. her. I'm going to show her inches lost and mm-hmm. I'm going to show how her weight has gone up in response to that because mm-hmm. she's adding on muscle and so she's working harder. She's actually fueling her body, yeah. not eating. And praising the effort. Yeah, yeah, and praising her for what the work she's doing and the results she's getting, not necessarily the weight. Yeah. So I think that it is a double-edged sword because, yes, it, it shouldn't always be about weight, which is what some of these fitness coaches online talk about. It's lose this weight, lose this weight, Mm -hmm. get smaller, blah, blah, blah. And so those types of people, I'm just like, don't follow. Like if if you don't like it, don't follow them. (laughs) Yes. Um, But even then, I think that goes to show the amount of dedication and the amount of hard work that a client's putting in. Because even just weight loss is hard, right? yeah. So I don't think that we should be tearing these people down because they're sharing these wins because they want to lose weight yeah yeah there's just like a weird gray area of like exactly what you said the girl that thinks she needs to lose weight but she actually doesn't need to lose weight she just thinks that she does yes and you exactly have to like break 
break down the goal. Why do you want this? How do you think you'll feel if you get this? And then you learn like, oh no, you actually want to have more muscle. Yeah. So then you have to have a conversation of like, well, the things that we're going to do to lose weight versus (laughs) like grow more muscle are very different. And that's where like very, a lot of girls are like, oh, what you want me to eat more? You want me to lift weights? Well, no, I'm going to get bulky. Like we hear that. Oh, all yeah. the time. <laughs> don't know, oh, don't get know. me started. That's, I know. That's <laughs> you mentioned before when you were running and you weren't eating a lot when you were like in high school or younger and you said, I looked great, but you felt miserable. Yeah. And that's exactly what the picture doesn't show, right? Yeah. Well, the picture too, I can put on makeup and cover up the like gray bags under my eyes, right? Like you don't see that. You also don't see the fact that you can see every single one of my ribs when I have a dress on. You just see that my thighs are thin and my arms are thin. And (laughs) it's such a frustrating thing because people will see that picture and they'll be like, oh my God, you look great. Yeah. And that's one of my least favorite things is that I would rather stop commenting on the way that women's bodies look rather than celebrating their weight loss or whatnot. I think that is more dangerous than celebrating yeah. oh my weight God, loss. You look so skinny. Oh yeah, you look yes. so oh thin. I'm like you say that, but you don't know like what I was doing to look that way. I was yeah. literally hurting myself every single yeah, day. Miserable. I was miserable. I like I remember I didn't so I had serious, serious orthorexia. Like mm. If it was not salmon or broccoli, I wasn't eating it. And so I was eating salmon and broccoli three times a day. And from, like, a health perspective, I know. It's the stupidest thing. Do you like salmon now? No, I hate it. it. I can't eat it. I can't. Um, Like, from a calorie standpoint, so dangerous. From a micronutrient standpoint, so dangerous. There are so many things that I wasn't giving my body. Yeah. Hence, stress fractures galore. But you don't see that in a picture. Mm -hmm. You only see, wow, she fits into that dress really great. Yeah. And so, I remember being so frustrated because even though I was so freaking tiny, I still hated my body. Because that doesn't take away the insecurity. It doesn't take away the lack of confidence. You can lose as much weight as you want. Mm. If you don't do the inner work, nothing's going to change. You'll just be a thinner, not confident person. I know. You Uh, just take up less space, but you still are miserable. Exactly. So it's like, I went through all of that, and I did that for a year to myself. And I was so small, and I was just so miserable and I'm, like, looking back now, and I'm, like, I will never get those years of my life back. Like, those were years when, like, all of my friends were going outside and doing things. Yeah. And, like, they were going on trips and whatnot. But I wouldn't go on a trip. I wouldn't go out to eat because it was not salmon and broccoli. I couldn't control yeah. it. So, it's, like, cool that a picture, I looked nice, but I know the story behind it. I know yeah. that the mascara and the foundation underneath it is, like, really pale, really green skin. Oh. Like, it was yeah. not healthy at all. But people don't see that. And so when they say that, oh my God, you look so thin, it fuels the fire. You're right. Like you're like, I'm doing something right. I got it. Like, I'm, I've got it under control. I'm losing yeah. the weight. I'm, yeah, I'm looking good. Yeah, people think yeah. I look good. It's fine. When in fact, it's not fine. <laughs> no, because you were, you were absolutely miserable. Like, the things that you were having to do to get to that weight, like, completely unsustainable and, and unhealthy. Yeah. And, like, you talked about missing out on so many years. Like, imagine all of the years that people 
specifically women, like, miss out on because they're not going to get wine and cheese with their friends. Or they're going to Italy, but they're concerned about the bread, that it's going to make them fat. Like, yes. When you get to 70 years old or 80 or whatever, and you're looking back on your life, like, are you going to be like, oh, wow, I'm glad I look thin? Or, like, wow, my life was so full of, like, experiences and things that I enjoy. Exactly. And the picture just doesn't show that. No. It doesn't. It just doesn't show everything that you sacrificed to get there. Yeah. All the, like, and not even healthy sacrifice. Very unhealthy not sacrifice. Not even, like, oh, the hard work. Yeah. Like, the the really just, like, poor things that you had to do to your body. Yeah, like, just, getting stress fractures over and over. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's a... I was going to ask you about that. Oh, yeah. So many in my feet, my yeah. ankles, and now my, oh, my ankles still crack every time I, like anything it's so weird my brother has really cracky ankles and every time he like he can never sneak around the house because you would just like <laughs> hear him coming from a mile away it's funny. Pop, 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 pop. so you mentioned confidence and it's not that it comes from the way that you look yeah where does it come from you mentioned inner work tell me about that yeah so confidence is multifaceted and it's very complex but basically in my opinion, I think confidence comes down to keeping promises to yourself, right? So when we keep promises with ourselves, when we say that we're, when we do what we say we're going to do, mm. we build autonomy and that autonomy compounds and it, it grows and it's like somewhat, think of it as like your best friend. When your best friend keeps a promise to you, you trust them infinitely more, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they don't tell your secret, you trust them infinitely more. So secrets. you keep telling them more secrets, right? Yeah. And so it's that same relationship with your inner self. It's keeping those promises. So if you say that you're going to walk 10K steps a day, really keeping that promise. If you say that you're going to drink more water or go to yoga or take a bubble bath, you do it and you really allow yourself to enjoy and experience those things they start to compound and they start to create this bubble of confidence. Mm -hmm. I think it's obviously that's the very simplified and kind of dumbed down version of it. But when you can trust yourself, Mm -hmm. you begin to exude confidence. And I think that's where a lot of confidence gets broken along the way is that we're like, I'm going to do this. But then it's like, when it comes down to it, it's like, eh, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do it. Mm. Um, whether that's from a health perspective or just a, like, I don't know what's a good example or like, um, I'm going to go out with my friends today, but you bail and you like, Mm. don't do it. And you decide to stay home and Netflix, I don't know. But when we break promises to ourselves over and over and over again, it becomes a precedent. So now you start trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you start to find those areas where you would like to improve yourself. And then we kind of basically project it onto those things like our body, our body weight, Mm. et cetera, et cetera. When, because like the most confident people in the world are of all shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. They are of all weights. They are of all disciplines of fitness or Mm non-fitness. Some of the most confident people I've met in the world never have walked in a gym Um, but if they say that they're going to do something, they keep that promise to themselves because they love and respect themselves enough to do that. And it doesn't even have to come down to like a fitness or health type of promise, but 
respecting yourself. Exactly. It's having the respect to keep your promises even to yourself. Yeah. It's just like doing... It's like confidence in who you are as a person, yeah. not what you look like or what the scale says. Yeah. And like, that's the true confidence because that's unwavering. It's yes. not based on, you know, the way that your weight fluctuates or the way that you felt in the gym that morning or the way that you look in the mirror. Like all those things are trivial. Yeah. It's like deep rooted who you are as a person. And also what it sounds like you're saying is like self-efficacy. Mm-hmm. It's like believing that you, you can do things. You can... You can overcome. Yeah. And absolutely. I think that's, I mean, that's what a lot of the times like CrossFit gives to so many women. Yes. Yeah. It's just like confidence that they can do hard things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you show up even when you don't feel like it, right? So it's yeah. like you prove to yourself over and over again. Exactly. You, you have, have to prove it to yourself. Yeah. Like you surprise yourself often absolutely. too. And so yeah. you are building that trust within yourself. You're building that autonomy within yourself that I can do this like I don't need anyone else me and me alone I can do this and that just permeates into every other aspect of our life yeah no so we talked about like rewriting stories and myths and narratives what can we pass on instead yeah so this is a conversation that I have with any mom that works with me who has a daughter yeah because monkey see, monkey do, right? I mean, that's just how we are. That's human nature. Mm-hmm. And so when we, in front of people that we care about, we tear ourselves down. We constantly try to change ourselves or something about ourselves. We are never consistent in what we say that we do. Mm-hmm. We just like... It's this whole negative bubble. Those who are closest to us are always watching. And those who are closest to us, especially at younger ages. So, again, this is the conversation I have with moms. I'm like, what do you want to leave for your daughter? Do you Mm -hmm. want her to see you struggling with weight loss every other month? Do you want to... down to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to see her... Do you want her to see you, like pulling at your stomach fat in the mirror like is that what you want her to do because that's what she's going to do if she sees you do it if she watches you do it and so even if maybe our friends and our close circle aren't at that young age when we keep presenting that example of ourselves that really low negative derogatory version of ourselves we're showing other people who account on like count on us Mm -hmm. and we're modeling that horrible behavior for other people because people are much more influential than you think. Oh yeah. It's like, crazy. It's like terrifying. It is. Yeah. It is. It's so crazy. But if I were to go to dinner with my best friends and I was like, I'm not drinking this, I'm not eating that, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do this, blah, 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 blah. They're now going to feel bad about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, I'm just wanting to eat like a normal human being. Yeah. I just want to enjoy this meal and get whatever I want. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the way that we can stop this is to stop giving in to those tendencies of just tearing ourselves down. When we feel down and out about ourselves, let's do something more productive than maybe complain about it to friends or poke at ourselves in front of a mirror or... Just like setting an example. Exactly. You have to set that example and you have to do it 
early and you have to do it consistently, right? Mm -hmm. That's what people, I don't want to say people count on you for that, but in your close circle. Yeah. Like we mirror behavior, like even if we don't think that we're doing it or we don't do it on purpose, like it's just the way that humans are. Exactly. Especially like if you like someone, not like, oh, if you like someone, like if you just genuinely like someone, you're more likely to mirror their behavior whether you know it or not. And the pressures of just like being at dinner with people and, oh, I'm not drinking. You're like, well, I want this. Oh, are you getting that? Like, you're just going to change your decisions. And now you're kind of like rooting that in your brain that the decision that you were going to make is a bad one because of whatever this girl XYZ said. And like, there are just so many, this, this idea of being small, you know, being small is good. You need to lose weight is so permeated throughout our whole society that it is really going to take like a huge movement. Absolutely. A lot of, a lot of generations to like really pass down the opposite to help, like you said, like reverse the damage from restrictive dieting. Yeah. I think it's just too, like everything comes back to looks now Mm. and it's really hard on social media when you, scroll through and you're like well this person says I need to gain weight to look good Mm -hmm. this person says I need to lose weight to look good yeah this person says I need to gain muscle to look good and it's just all of these just things when each of us if we could focus on what brings us joy Mm -hmm. and do more of that yeah and stop listening to the noise like you can be a runner and have the body of your dreams you do not have to weight lift to do it you can be a you could be a bodybuilder and look a certain way, but if bodybuilding is what you love, yeah, then it's not so much. Yes, it's bodybuilding. So from a competitive <laughs> you level, you yeah. uh, from a competitive level, yes, it's about what it you is. look like. <laughs> but what if, like, we just started focusing on what makes us feel good? So runners yeah. feel good when they run, lifters feel good when they lift. And then we ate to support those things rather than focusing on the body of our dreams, right? Yeah. You run because you love to run, not because you want to lose weight. You yeah. lift because you want to lift, not because you care about seeing your VMO in every picture. Oh you know, like... Yeah, choose, like, even if you are, you look amazing by whatever standard you're setting, but you hate what you're doing. Yeah. You're miserable. That's just what we talked about before, like... Is that really the kind of life that you want to live? Yeah. That you you chose... Like, there's a lot of things in life we don't get to choose. But we do mostly get to choose what we do for working out. Mm-hmm. So that, like, one to two hours a day, that's all yours. You're now doing something that you still don't like. Or you're doing it because you think it's going to get you a certain outcome. Mm. Again, we could all do the exact same things every single day, eat the exact same way, and we'll all look different. So why not just accept that and do it because we love to do it, not because we think it's going to make us smaller or make us look better, right? And so I guess that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about really focusing on performance and Mm. becoming your best version of yourself and that being the leading drive for you. Like how good can I become? How strong can I become? How fast can I become if you're a runner? Um And then the rest follows suit. I tell this to people all the time. The less you focus on your body looking a certain way, 
the more it will start to look the way you want it to look. Ironically. I know. Yeah. The less you think about it, the more likely it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and just by doing the things every day that you know you need to do to feel your best. So runners making sure that they're having enough carbs so that they can mm-hmm. run long distance or having enough fat macros the day before if they know they're, they're going to long run long distance like a long macro a macro (laughs) um but really like focusing more on how we feel physically Mm -hmm. than how we look physically and i i mean i seriously say this so many times a day you'll be so surprised what will happen with your physique the moment you stop caring about or not caring Mm -hmm. about it but the moment you stop orienting your life around it so like when you take the focus off of that like, yeah. imagine your life if you just focused on the things that you enjoyed and that you cared about and that brought you joy and it felt good. Yeah. Obviously, there's some like, stipulations in there. Like, sometimes you want to sleep all day, but you have to go to work. But, <laughs> yes. You know, like, with your free time or, like, cho- when you get to choose, if we chose the things that we just valued. Yeah, absolutely. Versus, like, putting so much value on being skinny or being small like what did that ever get you yeah something so arbitrary and so ever-changing like right now the fad in the fitness world is the globo gym girl body right Mm -hmm. the the toned lean looking you can wear the high gym shark shorts oh my gosh that's the the high socks that's the thing now right when before it was the really really tiny girl and then before that it was like this what it what are they called um like the Victoria's Secret model, like the really tall and skinny. Mm. And then before that, it was the housewife look where you had big boobs but tiny everything else. Like, yeah. like it's just always it's always changing. Yeah. So why yeah. put your value in that? Yeah. Like and if like, you want to look like control. everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. Like why do you want to look like everyone else when everyone else in that standard is always changing and you'll never be able to keep up with it yeah. unless you just have a plastic surgeon on speed dial oh and they can shape it for you. Oh my God, no. Don't, know. I know. <laughs> Don't do that. So like, it's not even possible. I know. So what's yeah. the point? I mean, because now it's the big butt thing with the tiny waist. Like, you can't keep up. That's all because of like the Kim Kardashians. Oh, exactly. Like Drake's lyrics. You know? Exactly. <laughs> but in five years, what will it be? I don't know. Maybe it'll be the CrossFit bod. Hey, what? maybe we'll get a I chance. know. Maybe we'll have an, our shot. <laughs> Who knows? But if you focus on always trying to be what society thinks that you should look like or be... Oh my god, what a miserable life. I know. Doing what society thinks you to do. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, just find what you like, do it, and then make sure your nutrition supports that you can do it at the level you want to do it. Yeah. And everyone's life would be so much simpler. (laughs) Yeah, if it was only that easy. (laughs) So, diving into nutrition a little bit, there's also... I want to know your take on, like using macro measurements, teaching macros, like kind of what that process is like for your clients. Yeah. So first and foremost, macros, and this is something that needs to be made clear up front, they are not the end all be all. They are not like God's saving grace to humanity. They are not going to save all or like solve all of your problems. Yeah. And I like to make that very clear up front. Yeah. Macros are simply a guesstimation because, again, unless we hook you up to a whole bunch of machines for an entire yeah. day, we don't know what your BMR is. Like, yeah, which is the most accurate macro prescription like yeah. equation that you can use. Um, so they are a guesstimate. So 
first and foremost, do not put, exactly, do not put all of your weight into these macros that you get or you can get online. Um, But it's basically, the way I like to describe it is that this is the easiest, in my opinion, the easiest way to make sure that you are eating as much as you need to Mm. eat to support your lifestyle and as balanced as you need to like support your lifestyle mm-hmm. and to support most facets of health and wellness. So macros, I give you a protein, a fat, and a carb goal. Well, the protein is to help you with whatever skeletal muscular or musculoskeletal like goals that you mm-hmm. have. Like if you're wanting to gain muscle mm-hmm. or if you're wanting to look toned, those things are where protein is going to help you. Um, also daily life you have to have it like if you don't eat it you die (laughs) and then carbs are going to be the energy macro that's going to help you feel your best throughout the day and then those fats that i give you are going to help you hormonally peak if as i say throughout every single day right so not necessarily that you're eating fat because this is a big thing people think that eating fat makes them fat yeah yeah which is not the case fat supports you on so many levels physiologically and it's so important but so overlooked so many times Mm -hmm. um so like low fat diets Mm -hmm. was the big thing in like the 90s and early 2000s yeah um even now like everything is like reduced fat yeah why exactly but from a female perspective we need fat for healthy hormone hormone functioning like we have to have it um, we need it just for transportation of fat-soluble di- vitamins. If you mm-hmm. didn't eat fat, that would not that process wouldn't happen. Yeah. It would be in, impossible. And so it's basically me giving you a profile of nutrition, of macronutrients, and saying that this is where I think you will thrive the best. From energy levels to hormone functioning to like strength gains in the gym Mm -hmm. basically and so that's basically all it is super easy super simple um but a little bit more complicated than just tracking calories Mm -hmm. but a little bit more specific to your goals because if you eat if your calories are 2,000 a day and it's mostly carbs and fat but you're like I'm not seeing any strength gains in the gym yeah you can't know that by just tracking calories so I like macros a little bit better because it gives us a little bit more direction and a little bit more goal-specific indicators. Yeah, it's like, yeah, if you were just only eating carbs, like, it doesn't matter how many calories you're eating, you're still missing out on a lot of, like, macro-essential nutrients. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even just, like, the micronutrients that come from eating said macronutrients. Yeah. Like, protein, that is so much more than just seeing strength gains in the gym. You really need those proteins and the micronutrients that come with said protein to live a healthy life and to potentially be able to get yourself off the toilet when you're 90 years old. Like, yeah, exactly. We don't want you withering away. (laughs) I think when people realize that nutrition has like everything to do with chemistry and Mm -hmm. like our physiological processes and there's all these things that our body is trying to do that requires nutrition. You like you start to understand more why you need to eat this much or eat this much of this or like eat in a certain way. Otherwise, like if you're just viewing, which I think a lot of people view 
food is the enemy, calories are a bad thing, I want the minimal amount of calories as possible, like, oh, that's 800 calories, this is 400, so that's automatically better. Yeah. What are you missing out on because you're restricting yourself so much? Like, you mentioned so many things, like, if you can flip it, and it's not about restriction, it's about, like, what are you not getting because you're restricting? Yeah. What is your body not able to do or thrive because you're not getting everything that you need. Yeah. Like, you, you wouldn't drive a car without gas. But we're like, how little can I eat today? Exactly. That's a metaphor that I use a lot. It's macronutrients. So, it's different. I forget the numbers for gas, too. It's like 87, 89, 93, I think. Oh, God. So, I don't know. so when you're just eating calories, you're putting the 87 in the oh, car. That's what I do for my car. Which is fine okay. for most cars, like, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But if... Say your body's a luxury car. Let's say I have a Porsche. Yes, your body's a Porsche. Mm -hmm. And we want to treat it like a Porsche. Obviously. You wouldn't get the 87 gas. You have to get the premium. Yes. So that's not going to work. So when we're just tracking calories or we're really restricting calories, you're putting the 87 in. Mm. If you're giving yourself a little bit more guidance, you maybe kind of follow some calorie and you're at your calorie goal, but maybe you're not giving yourself macronutrients that you need you're getting the 89 but for that Porsche that we want to really function really really well and we want her to drive I don't know what is it zero to 60 in two seconds I don't don't even know um we want to give her the 93 right and so when we can give our body that preferred or that ideal Mm -hmm. ratio of micronutrients now we're going more towards that 93 gas Mm. we're going towards that premium fuel might even go to diesel i mean (laughs) it would break the porsche you're trying to like perform (laughs) you're actually an 18 wheeler (laughs) you're a mac truck (laughs) so anthony drives like a jetta and it no not a jetta what is a fiat and it takes diesel and i'm like what "What?" i know i've never heard of any oh that's amazing one time I was at the gas station almost putting diesel in my car, and this guy was like, no, no, still do that, man. Thank, thank. I just wasn't, you know, wasn't paying attention. Thanks to God for that guy. I know. So how do people normally contact you? Like, what kind of clients do you generally work with? I generally work with women. I do work with men, um, but it, they have to, I don't want to say plead their case. But they have, they're like, their goals have to align. Yeah, their goals kind of have to align with like mine. Like, it again, can't be like, I just want to be skinny or I just want to be this ripped dude in the gym. Yeah. Like, that's very similar. Not what I do. Yeah. Um, It's not looks based. It's Mm -hmm. for women who are tired of feeling tired. Mm -hmm. It is for women who are tired of feeling like they are on the back burner every Mm -hmm. single day. And it's for women who really care about performing and going in the gym and getting stronger every day. Now, not saying that those women have to be like, I want to go to the games. Like, it's not a competitive thing. It's just that they are they are able to put the way they look on the back burner, and that's not their forefront focus. Mm-hmm. They're willing to do everything that they can for their health, mm-hmm. for their wellness, yeah. for their performance, not obsessed with the scale, not obsessed with obsessed with how they look. Um, and the majority of my clients come to me via Instagram. Nice. Yeah, so they'll DM me. I have an application in my Instagram link, and they'll fill that out. Um, and then we talk, and we kind of see if we're a good fit, and then we go from there. Yeah. What does that process usually look like? Yeah, so they apply. We hop on a Zoom call. We talk face-to-face. That way they know they're not 
getting scammed or a bot that I'm a real human and this is a real human business and we really just get down to the nitty gritty of their why and why it's important to them because I think the why can speak volumes to if they're going to be successful or not if they hop on a phone call with me and they're like well I just want to look good someone told me that I should yeah Yeah, I'm like then the likelihood that you stick with this Mm -hmm. program is not Great, because this is going to require you do hard things. And when you see that scale number go up, are you going to quit? Because I'm going to be honest, you probably are going to go up at some point. I mean, that's weight loss. Um, That's weight loss. That's weight gain. That's everything. Nothing's linear, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So we really have to get down to the nitty-gritty of their why. And their why is what determines if we're a good fit. If they are like, I really am here because I need to do better by myself and I need to take care of myself, mm-hmm. then I'm like, let's go. Yeah. Like, let's full send it. Because I know when things get hard, I'm going to be able to explain to them why this is important mm-hmm. and why this aligns with their why rather than that person who's just like, I just want to lose weight. And when I give them higher macros than they think they should have and yeah. higher calories, they're probably not going to stick around. Yeah. So for their interest and mine... It's, we're not a good fit. So we have to go through that call to see if that, that, like if we align. And then after that, if they are a good fit, if they are ready to join the program, they get onboarded right then and there and we start, we hit the ground running. That first week is usually like just me getting a gauge of what their eating Mm -hmm. normally looks like. Um, And then from there, we create a plan together that we think that is basically a compromise of this is where I want you to go. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is where I can start. And yeah. so we meet in the middle and then we continue to ride that wave. Yeah. Yeah. You have a couple new programs out right yes. now. Right? You want to talk about? Yeah. I mean, I do have the bad bitch collective. Yeah. I'm super excited about it. And this is for women who already have a, um, a gym routine. So mm-hmm. this is for women who are either CrossFitters. They are, consistent bodybuilders or in the gym um, because this is not a fitness program this is me trying to help them get their nutrition to align with their performance goals Mm. so this is a very performance-based program okay um and then uh yeah it's rolling enrollment so anyone can join whenever yeah what does that look like to be part of it yeah so like what's included or yeah like, like what is the bad bitch collective the bad bitch collective it's so much that it's hard to describe oh gosh. i need to simplify it a little yeah. bit um but it's basically where you get an individualized nutrition protocol there is a group successory plan that everyone follows and it's to help develop things that are typically neglected in sport mm. um from like a lifting or a CrossFit mm-hmm. perspective, like lots of rotational core work, mm-hmm. things of that nature that you don't typically see in a normal program, mm-hmm. um, just for overall health and longevity, and then also performance increasing as well. Um, and then there is also, we have bi-weekly group calls mm-hmm. where we talk about all types of facets of health and wellness. Um, and then we have guest experts on every now and again who talk about things about health and wellness as well. Like I have a pelvic floor, um, scheduled one that I'm really excited about. Um, and so basically we're in this collective container where we can support and we can uplift each other and make sure that we all feel supported in our journeys. So even though everyone's at a completely different level, yeah, it's 
put in place so that you have a container where you feel confident to be yourself and you feel confident in your goals. So if that goal is becoming the next Tia Claire Toomey, you have a place Isn't to that express that. I know. Right. You have a place Watch to ex- out to you. express that. Or if you're just wanting to get stronger, like you have a mm. place to express that. It's not the place anymore where you're obsessed about getting smaller. So it's really. like a community. It's a community. Of like like-minded, like-minded women, like an online gym. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but everyone kind of has their own thing that they do from a day-to-day basis. And I chose that model because most women who are CrossFitters have their own classes that they go to. Yeah. And so this is meant to support everything that they're doing in the gym rather than take away. Mm-hmm. All right, I got some rapid fire for you. Rapid? Oh, God. <laughs> it doesn't really mean you have to answer that fast. It's just more fun if you think about it like that. If you could teach every woman one thing, what would that be? Eat more. <laughs> Great. Okay. Swear to God. What do most people get wrong about health and fitness? Um, that restricting equals progress. Mm. Yeah. What's one... Oh, this, I mean, it's all the same. What's a myth that you get super fired up about? Mm, right now, it's about greens and reds. Like those powders that you drink. Oh, God. I don't even know. Like oh. green powder. Oh, like athletic greens? Yeah. Oh, my God. Tell me. I just... Yeah. There's literally no research to support that you get any micronutrients yeah. from it. And so, like, these girls will ask me, should I take a greens powder? I'm like, you could probably just eat a vegetable and be What's fine. What's the red? So, reds are like fruits. Wait. Super reds. What are we doing? I don't know. Just eat some fruit. I know. Yeah. And I like I get the argument that if you don't have time or like fruits and vegetables do go bad, so I would suggest you just get frozen rather than just not get any. Um because frozen they flash freeze it, the micronutrients are all still there, but there's literally no research right now to support that you even digest the micronutrients in either of these powders. Yeah. So it's like you're just throwing your money to drink water, basically. Like, $50 green water. water. Green water. Green water that green usually water. tastes like seaweed. <laughs> What's your go-to snack? Ooh. I have a lot of go-to snacks. What's one that you're, like, having today? I had a pumpkin spice protein pancake. Oh, wow. It's Very delicious. Specific. Yes. It's, know, that sounds great. That's like my pre-workout thing right Getting now. Getting into fall already. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fall, baby. There's no time for not having pumpkin spice. <laughs> Favorite movement in the gym? Mm, thruster. What? Easy. Really? I love thrusters. Least favorite movement? Ooh. Running. Running. <laughs> Nothing's changed Nothing's from changed. Farm Girl. Nothing's changed. We like changed. to pick things up, put it over our head. We don't like to run. No. <laughs> Thrusters are good. Running's bad. What do you wish you could tell the Haley five to ten years ago? Mm, a lot. Um, Haley five years ago. I wish I could tell her that all things come in time and to not try to rush. Mm. Yeah. Because I tried to go from no CrossFit experience to <laughs> yeah elite level athlete in a year. And I injured myself a lot mm. and it was not worth it. But if I had just kind of, you know, stayed in my own lane. Taking it slow. Taking it slow. I yeah. think I'd be even in a better spot than I am now. Yeah. 
I mean, you were motivated. So <laughs> there was no lack of motivation. <laughs> and For maybe sure. to eat a donut or something every once in a while. Yeah. I tell her to eat. You don't have to always eat rice and chicken. Oh, man. There's definitely a time period where it's just rice and chicken. Honestly, it's easy. It's exactly. So I like the ease of it. Yeah. But I went through a really bad phase where I just wouldn't season food. Yeah. And so I was, like, eating cardboard every day. And, and I, I was just, like, hated it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is what eating is. This is what I have to do I to know. be clean. I know. So I, like, didn't eat any sweets or anything. And I wish now that I would have just eaten a donut and gone on my way. <laughs> yeah. And then just eating your rice and chicken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where can our followers find you and get connected with you? On Instagram at strong.as.hale or strongashale.com. And what's something you are really proud of yourself for in the last year? Mm. Now's your time to brag. Hype oh. yourself up. Hype myself up. <laughs> um, I'm really proud of how I handled this last bout of injury. I had a really bad back and lat tear, or like I had a lat tear and then a bad back injury. Um, oh God! And so I actually didn't just push through the pain and keep doing things, even though they hurt. I actually saw a PT and I did what I was supposed to do and actually did it. Um, That's great. And then decreased my fitness intensity. So. I actually did what I was supposed to do this time. I injured myself so many times, and not once have I actually done what I was supposed to do. And then this time I was like, okay, we're doing it. Like, I just can't keep doing this anymore. And now I'm like, wow, we're better off than when we started. How did that work? (laughs) So I'm I'm glad that I got out of that hustle mentality and actually slowed down. Yeah. Hey, like, coaches... Providers, like, we still all experience struggle. Oh We're gosh. all still learning. We're all on the journey. Hustle for that muscle, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Haley, thank you so much. This has been awesome. This was fun, yeah. Strong as hail, everybody. <laughs>